0: This is Michael Badgley, and you're listening to the Chargers Podcast Network. Hey
1: everybody, Chris Avery, with you on part two of a week one edition of Chargers Weekly here on the new Chargers Podcast Network. Today's guest, former Colts punter and big-time podcast and media star Pat McAfee. We're going to discuss this Sunday's matchup between the Colts and Bolts. Pat also shares his thoughts on Andrew Luck's sudden retirement the competitiveness of Philip Rivers, and his relationship with Tom Telesco, which dates back to their time together in Indy. So let's get right to it. Here's Pat McAfee. Really been looking forward to this one. Very pleased to bring in Pat McAfee ahead of the Chargers taking on the Colts. And the Pat McAfee Show 2.0 on fire, man. Incredible guests. Marshawn Lynch, Steve Nash, Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Leaf over the last month or so. Pat, I appreciate you doing this, buddy. How are you?
0: I'm incredible. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to talk a little shop with you, a little ball with you.
1: Uh, and thanks for plugging my show. I mean, we have, we have a very interesting group of humans that listen to the show and have a good time with us. I'm thankful for them, and uh, I'm thankful for you, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, dude, let's, let's just start with the show because it's so much fun to listen to. It's got to be even more fun doing it. I, I just listened to the first half of the Marshawn Lynch interview, and I'm, I'm very excited for the second.
0: Well, I think I appreciate that. I'm a general curious individual. I always have been. I've always had a lot of questions. When I was a kid, it used to get me into trouble in class. Uh, I was always very inquisitive and just literally intrigued by things. Uh, so, getting a chance to have conversations with these humans that are great in their own right at whatever they're great at has just been so much fun. And it's, I know that hunting in the NFL is classified as one of the easiest jobs in comparison to the amount of money that you make and i would agree with it i was grossly (laughs) overpaid to do what i did for the indianapolis colts for eight years uh but getting a chance to have conversations with incredibly electric characters like marshawn lynch and the others that you mentioned and hopefully some more on the way here uh i'm having the time of my life and my friends and i are joining and my friends join me along the ride and We're just enjoying the hell out of all of it, brother. And uh, as soon as we don't, we'll have to figure out something new to do. But it's been a blast thus far. And learning what makes the greats great is what I'm all about. And Marshawn Lynch there in the first half of the interview, I was trying to just get him to open up because there was like 45 people in the room that we were talking in. So I didn't know if he was going to be able to get comfortable or not. And uh, I'm so thankful that he did. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch not only a great football player, but – Also an incredibly smart man, too, which I don't think a lot of people have got to hear, and hopefully
1: I brought that side out of him a little bit. Well, he started to hit his stride right when I stopped, and I'm looking forward to to listen to the second half, like I said. Pat, you're so plugged into Indianapolis. I want to get your reaction to to the Luck retirement, especially 10 days before you were there. You were interviewing Chris Ballard and T.Y. Hilton and Darius Leonard. Just your your overall thoughts on what transpired over the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I think it was – Insanity, obviously. I mean, this is a, a very wild situation that I'm not certain any professional sports franchise in the history of professional sports has ever experienced something like this. You're talking about, um, you know, a massive investment from a team into a once in a generation player. Uh, and by the investment, I'm, I'm obviously talking about the contracts and the guaranteed monies, not the protection early in his career, which probably would have saved a lot of this conversation. But it was one of those things where it was a shock. It sent shockwaves through the entire pop culture uh, Rolodex of humans, not only just in the football world, but everywhere. Everybody was talking about this Andrew Luck retirement because it did come out of nowhere. And when I talked to Chris Ballard at training camp and when I talked to T.Y. And, and when I got a chance to dap up a lot of my old friends that work inside the coach facility, I, I think they were all very floored by the news as well. Nobody was expecting it. Nobody had any inkling this was coming, I don't think, and that's why it was such a big deal, especially whenever you rely on the guy heavily uh, for a lot of years, and a lot of expectations were set on this team, not only by Colts fans, but by everybody, because Chris Ballard has assembled a good team, finally, to put around Andrew Luck. Last year, had some success late, got bumped out of the playoffs, but it was like, this year was the year that Colts fans thought there was going to be something special again in Indianapolis. Just like the old days, whenever Peyton and the boys were battling against the Chargers in the old days, That's every, right. every, every single year, uh, the Colts fan thought we're back. We're all the way back. This is it. This is what we've been building for, for seven years. Uh, They're being told he was going to come back. And for the second time in three years, Andrew Luck is not only not playing this season, but he's gone forever. And there was some raw, terrible, regrettable emotion inside the stadium with the booing of uh, Andrew Luck as he walked off the field because Andrew has done so much for Colts fans, for the city of Indianapolis. But I think what you heard there was a, uh, a heartbroken fan base, not really sure what was going on, especially coming from an Adam Schefter tweet in the middle of a preseason game. There's no blueprint for this, uh, but it came out of nowhere for everybody. And I think the city of Indianapolis, has rallied because of it around Jacoby Brissett. So this could be a turning point for the Colts in a positive way as well. I'm excited to see how it all plays out, but very thankful for what Luck did for the Indianapolis Colts and the city of Indianapolis.
1: Well, if our listeners haven't heard your interview with Jacoby Brissett, I suggest you check that out. He's a really impressive dude. Explain why you think he's the right man for the job in Indy. Outside, you know, his leadership, and he has this kind of aura about him that you could tell his teammates kind of gravitate towards him. But but outside of that, Pat, why do you think this guy's the right man for the job?
0: So whenever I'm reading teams, and especially now with sports gambling getting so large, whenever I'm picking who's going to win and who's going to do what and my favorite players, I always like to see what their teammates are saying about them because it's hard to be fake and it's hard to suck in an NFL locker room without everybody hating it because expectations inside a professional sports locker room are very high, not only on the the person himself, but also the ones surrounding him. So if a team likes a player, and this can be said for – Marshawn Lynch, who I also just interviewed. The reason why I have so much respect for Marshawn, because although the media might not have always been on Marshawn Lynch's side, you never heard his teammates say anything bad about him. You always heard his teammates say something good about him. And whenever you're spending eight, nine hours a day with somebody for six months, and people are saying good things about their work ethic, good things about the way they show up at the the good things about the way they interact with their teammates, things about the way they handle the bad situations. for me that's all i need to hear on whether or not the person is good at football or not and i know that is probably not an accurate way of looking at it but i honestly believe that the locker room is an incredible judge of character because you have to see the real in somebody when you're around them so much and there's so many different emotions and distractions and things that happen money and this and that so for me Whenever I was told that the entire locker room loves Jacoby Brissett, that was almost enough for me. Then I went in there and got a chance to chat with him. Our first conversation ever was ha- just so happened to be recorded. And when I talked to him about a couple years ago, when he got thrown into a starting quarterback role for the Indianapolis Colts, and he had just arrived in the city 10 days before the season started, had no clue what the offense was, had no idea what he was doing, and he was able to win some games with a bad team around him, but also he was able to win over the building. And they're sitting for the last couple of years behind Andrew Luck, watching Andrew Luck work, watching Andrew Luck manipulate the offensive system. I think Jacoby's going to do well. And I honestly believe that the city of Indianapolis is going to love Jacoby Percent because he's just down to earth. He's had to earn this opportunity. And uh, Midwestern people love that type of stuff, especially the fact, Everybody hates Tom Brady. Everybody hates the New England Patriots. I don't think you can walk into a single NFL city and ask you the question, who is your most hated team? And the answer <laughs> not be the New England Patriots. And the fact that he has come from the New England Patriots, he's come from Tom Brady's tutelage quarterback room, and he's come to Indianapolis, and he's been beloved thus far, shows just how much respect everybody has for the Patriots, but also – the human that Jacoby is. I think he's going to be great. I think he's humble. I think he just got paid a lot of money, and I think he's going to go earn it. And I think the Colts are going to be a better team than what people are giving him credit for right
1: now. Pat, one of the things you said to Jacoby that kind of resonated with me as far as it relates to the Chargers is that the teams that actually like each other in the locker room, those are the ones that become great and immediately, it made me think of this Chargers locker room and the roster that Tom Telesco has put together, a guy you know pretty well. Uh, he was part of the, the front office that brought you into Indy in 2009. You know how good Tom is and what he does. What can you say about the job he's done here in L.A.?
0: Tom Telesco is the first human I talked to from the Indianapolis Colts organization when I was brought out for an official visit, I guess is what they call it, uh, a scout. Obviously picked me up at the airport, drove me to the facility. I was sitting in this conference room, big ass table. Had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and in walked Tom Telesco, and he and I had this conversation. And I just knew immediately. I was like, "Hey, there's good people out in Indianapolis." I, I think I chatted with Bill Polian possibly for five, ten minutes that day. It was just a quick give and take. Hey, how's it going, Patty? Blah blah blah. But Tom Telesco was the guy that really catered to me that trip and. I, it was so incredible kind of not only watching his growth, because I think he was ridiculously talented for a long time, but watching him start to get the credit he deserved whenever interviews stopped, started popping up. And when he got the San Diego Chargers job, uh, I was so happy. for him. Now, obviously, in Los Angeles, I, I've been excited to kind of watch him mature in the general manager role because you don't really hear much about the Los Angeles Chargers because the East Coast bias is a real thing. So the only news that ever makes it over to us is whenever Tom Delesco is having to handle business, right? So yeah. whether it's the Bosa, the Bosa holdout or now the Melvin Gordon stuff or anything like that, the only times you ever really hear about Tom Telesco in the East Coast, because the way things are covered that are from the West Coast, is whenever there's some drama popping up. So then you watch the Chargers play football last year, and you're like, holy hell, this team is back. Just like the Colts fans, was going to be, which I think they're back on board, even though the Andrew Luck thing rattled them a little bit. The Chargers fans had to feel like, okay, we're back again. And I'm just so happy for Tom Selesko being able to piece together a team that can sustain some greatness. Now, okay, and what's going to happen with Melvin Gordon? Who knows? You probably know more than I do. But watching the Chargers get good last year again and be hot before eventually running into the eventual Super I like watching good dudes, uh, good dudes have good things happen to them. So I'm pumped up for Tom Celeste so pumped up for the Chargers, and can't
1: wait for the folks Chargers game. Pat, a couple more. Something tells me you're a Phillip Rivers guy. Uh, what was it like competing against him? You know from having Peyton on your side, you had to have that franchise quarterback to ultimately be successful. You saw Phillip a few times during your career, correct?
0: Yeah. I there's some Monday Night Football out there. Uh, I hit a bad punt in the fourth quarter. Set him up for field goal. I believe folk buried
1: it. Oh, thanks for bringing up a terrible memory for me, Chris. <laughs> I apologize, uh, Pat. I apologize.
0: No, no, don't worry about it. Yeah, I just had a full cool PTSD moment right there for that shank coming off my foot the fourth quarter. <laughs> uh, not your fault, Chris. much fine. a better ball. But no, I, I think ever since watching him, and I don't want to date him or age him, but I mean, I watched him in high school college. And I think the thing that I love most about Phillip Rivers, and this is the difference between the media narrative versus other players' narrative, I love how fiery he is and how competitive he is and the fact that he's willing to chirp a little bit and the fact that whenever the defense is on the field, he's not sitting on the bench. He normally has a hat on, standing up, cheering for his teammates. And I think that's the thing that doesn't get talked about enough. I referred to that in the Jacoby Persett answer, but – if your teammates love you and you support your teammates, that's enough for me to really love you as a person as well and as a player as well. Phillip Rivers is nowhere near the amount of respect he deserves because of the aforementioned East Coast bias. But I love the way he plays the game. I love the way he features. I love his energy, attitude. love his energy. And whenever he's in the Hall of Fame, I think he'll finally get the credit he deserves. But, man, what a football player that's joyful to watch him. I like all those personalities. I think that's the difference between being an athlete and a media member, is I love the personalities. Because that's what, that's what sports is. That's what the world of sports is. It's that's right. a competitive environment where you're supposed to have energy, you're supposed to be charismatic. And uh, Philip Rivers is a professional while having that edge, and somehow he doesn't swear. And that's just, um, that's a perfect recipe for me for a guy that you want to see in a football game. And uh, I love the Philip Rivers. I he maintains
1: his greatness with 45 children, but uh, I love what he does. And I'm a, a big fan, and I have a respect for the Rivers. Pat, final thing for you. Week one in the NFL can sometimes be a mixed bag, as we saw Thursday, Packers-Bears. As a former player, what are the emotions in a locker room when you're about to start a 16-game season and you know that every Sunday counts from here on out?
0: I honestly do. I think it's different with age. Whenever you're young, you're just scared out of your mind because you don't want to get cut. I mean, I might feel differently to most people, but this is kind of what I've watched. When you're young, every single game is Super Bowl because you're potentially last time playing football making money if you make a big enough mistake. And then with age comes confidence. And with age comes obviously leadership and wisdom. So as you get older, you just get excited to get out there and do something that matters. I mean, preseason, I think the whole world is starting to realize it's irrelevant. Although I think it does serve a purpose. The preseason games don't really get you going. But as you get older, it's like, this is what we're getting paid for. man. This is what it's all about. Getting out there and competing against somebody else, earning our paycheck, making our city proud of the team that we fielded. And uh, I think as you get older, those feelings really come to
1: I know it's a busy fall. I know you have busy days, man, so I can't thank you enough for your time. Promote what you got going on, not only with the podcast, but you're calling some games this fall as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's too much of me, so I don't want to promote. There's too much of me right now. I am everywhere, <laughs>
1: there's not so enough. I don't want to
0: promote. I, I don't want to promote too much. If, if you stumble across something that I'm doing, I'll be very thankful if you decide to check it out. Uh, we're giving away a Cadillac Escalade next week uh, on the launch of my live radio show that'll be simulcasted on the DAZONE app. Uh, it'll be on 40 stations across the country, uh, day one, and then it'll be on the DAZONE app, be simulcasted in America, Canada, Germany, and Italy. So I'm just going to have a great time this fall. I'm going to be busy, but I get to talk football. I get to talk about life, give away things like Cadillac just have an absolute blast. Thursday night football will be fun. The daily show will be fun. I'll be on Get Up on ESPN on Mondays at Greenberg. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy the hell out of the ride. And I can't thank you enough for having me on here today, brother.
1: Dude, it's the pleasure's all mine. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you down the line.
0: Hey, good luck to the Chargers. I mean, I hope the Colts get a big win. I do. I honestly hope that the Colts win. It'll be good for the city that I currently reside, you know, Indianapolis. <laughs> He's a much happier place for the folks are winning. But, man, I hope the Chargers go on a run again. Not only for Tom Sileska, but for Philip Rivers, for him to get the respect he finally deserves. It'll
1: be cool to watch. We may see this matchup in January, Pat. You never know, man. This could be a uh, start of, of something special in the wintertime.
0: The classic, we'll see them again. Uh, <laughs> yes. Live in the locker room after games is always a good one. It's like, oh, we will see them again. I mean, that means that seems damn good. We're damn good, but when we meet again in the future, we're probably going to be two polar opposite football teams that we are today. So let's keep getting better, and I hope that does happen with the Los Angeles Chargers in Indianapolis. Colts.
1: Well, Pat, let's book it in January, man. We'll have you back during the playoff matchup. How about that?
0: Hey, that sounds like a plan to me, brother. Let's do it in your hometown, though, because January in Indianapolis, it's cold balls out here. So uh, we'll do it in Los Angeles where the sun always shines. And uh,
1: we'll have a great time talking on the mic, buddy. Appreciate you, buddy. Cheers, man. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. A big thanks to Pat McAfee for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. Remember, be sure to download and subscribe to the new Chargers Podcast Network. A lot of great stuff on the network this week from Anthony Lynn and Philip Rivers to Haley Elwood's interview with Melanie Collins. And, of course, this two-part edition of Chargers Weekly. Enjoy the game on Sunday. And until next time, I'm Chris Hayree.